0: Listening to Best Served Cold, a born millennials podcast, the Australian true crime podcast where we drink wine and talk about crime.
1: Formerly Egypt's 36th most popular true crime podcast, hosted by Tama Jay and Laura Lees.
0: Sit down, relax, grab a drink, and enjoy this week's episode. Hi.
1: Hello. Oh. Hello. Hello. Oh. We know
0: Welcome you guys missed back. us. Sorry about missing a week there, guys. We do apologize. You know, hashtag mental health things. We just... uh, I decided last week that instead of recording the show, I would have a mental breakdown instead, so... Yeah. You know, so
1: when you sign up for this show, you're kind of... You're subject to various spaces between episodes because we're just freaking the fuck out.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, welcome back to Best Serve Cold, the true crime podcast where we drink wine and talk about crime. I'm one of your amazing co-hosts, Laura Elise Bray, and I put the Bray in Nacho Libre.
1: Very nice. And I am Tama Tor. These cases that we are talking about tend to put a damper on the term Bones Days. There you go. So
0: Nice little TikTok reference mm. for those who don't know. Is it a Bones Day today? I think it's a
1: Bones Day today. I oh, haven't checked. Okay. Isn't it crazy that that's a phenomenon?
0: Yeah, it's um,
1: it's a widely known thing.
0: I wonder if I could show up to jury duty and be like, sorry, guys, I can't come. It's a no-bones day. And they're like,
1: cool, no worries. Noodle said I had
0: to stay home.
1: That's the other thing. Um, Also, it's going to be a bit weird doing this because Laura is currently doing jury duty.
0: Which I'm not supposed to tell anyone, but, you know. Yeah. I was told that I was allowed to tell my employee and I kind of think of you guys as... Yeah, you guys
1: are all individually our bosses. Yeah, exactly.
0: So... I'm just telling my boss. I'm not going to give you any information about what it is, but I'm on jury duty for a couple of days, um, which is going to throw my schedule out a little wee bit, which Mm -hmm. is also why the episode this week is also late. So yeah, just bear with us. We're sailing through some choppy waters at the moment.
1: It's a bit tricky, but we'll make it work.
0: But welcome to the show. For those who are new around here, we do a little disclaimer at the start of the show where we let you know that we do tend to swear. A fair amount, so if you are someone who is not a fan of the Fs or the Ss, we don't say the C word, but Mm -hmm. everything else under the sun, um, then we would kindly ask that you fuck off because you're not going to probably like what we do, and we would kindly request that you don't leave us a one-star review about... Our swear words. Absolutely not. Maybe. If you do like the show, we would love it if you yeah. left us a nice review. Um, it genuinely helps the show out. Uh, we love seeing you guys share the episode. We love it when you say like you introduced it to your friend. It really helps the show grow because there's not really any other way to market uh, podcasts aside from social media and word of mouth. So mm-hmm. every little bit helps and we love all of our wonderful um, listeners who check in with us every week. Yeah, Sorry, there that's goes Toffee now yeah. in the background. She's being very sookie this afternoon. Yeah. Um, but if you do want to follow us on social media, you can check us out at the BSC podcast. We are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and Twitter. And yeah.
1: That's it. That's and YouTube.
0: Also, I've been meaning to tell everyone that listens to this show for ages. We moved to a new distributor and it now makes putting the show on youtube incredibly easy so we are now also all our episodes every week including the bonus episodes go up on youtube so i will add that to our link tree uh so if you are someone who prefers to listen to the shows on youtube you can now do that so there you go don't say we never do anything for exactly them. there you go there you go do you have any other housekeeping bits and bobs
1: No, not really, no. You would like to talk about? Not nothing at all. Just you covered it all. Just check out our socials. I'm just that good. Yeah. I mean, we would love to do like a thing where we could do like snippets for like TikTok or social media, but it's hard to do when you're not like filming the show. Yeah. And it's kind of a hard show to film because it's like, it's just us reading our notes.
0: Yeah. It's not not the most exciting kind of thing. Yeah, content
1: to watch. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Although maybe some people might like that. You never know. Yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah. We Who don't, knows? We might, we might do like a live set sometime or something like that.
0: Yeah, we don't kink shame.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: We don't, we're not about that. What we're not about boat? that at all.
1: What if it gets your rocks off?
0: So, this week yes. is my week to, shine. to go first. My week to shine. My week to go first. Uh, we love to see it. So, I'm going to be talking about uh, kind of a spooky unsolved mystery. So I want to paint a little picture for you. So the year is 1860. So in the shipyards of lovely Nova Scotia, a beautiful cargo ship called the Amazon is being built. It's 99 feet long and about 25 feet wide. So like not the Titanic, but it's, it's a pretty big ship. Yeah. So it's meant as a merchant ship and her maiden voyage is in 1861 in June. And while initially her first journey seems to be going totally fine uh on the way the captain Robert McKellen becomes deathly ill now initially the crew kind of forge on but eventually the captain becomes so ill that they realize they have to you know turn around and go back to land however by the time they actually get back to their port that they left um the captain has died in his sleep so by the time they left and returned on June 19th the captain has died Right. So shortly after the voyage resumes with a new captain at the helm called John Park. However, the boat again runs into trouble when it collides with another merchant vessel and stories soon begin to circulate that this boat is cursed. Finally, in 1867, just five years after her first maiden voyage, the Amazon is shipwrecked by a storm on the shores of Cape Breton and the ship is so badly damaged that it's simply left and abandoned. Now, under maritime law, I learned so many things about maritime Fantastic. law. Fantastic. Uh, when a ship is abandoned, it is legally up for grabs under the eye of the law, so you can take it. So a man called Alexander McBean takes the wrecked ship, eventually selling it to a New York mariner named William Haynes. The ship is restored to its former glory and renamed under the name the Mary Celeste, and it sets sail again under a new captain, Benjamin Briggs. So after extensive work, the ship is again deemed seaworthy in 1972, sorry, 1872, And it takes to the seas carrying a large shipment of denatured alcohol, which is essentially alcohol that's used for like medicines and Mm -hmm. cleaners. It's not meant for drinking. So it's essentially pure alcohol,
1: ethanol, basically.
0: So the captain is incredibly experienced, as is his crew that he meticulously hand selects. The journey was from New York Harbor over to Italy. And on November 7th, 1872, they set sail. Around the same time, another Canadian boat is also due to set sail on the same route um, about eight days. It leaves port in New York about eight days after the Mary Celeste. And this is Captain David Morehouse, and he sets sail on the De So on December 4th, the De is roughly halfway through its journey when the crew spot um, in the very, very distance another ship sort of sailing slowly and erratically towards them. They attempt to signal the approaching boat, and receive nothing in return. And as the ship draws closer, they can see the deck is completely devoid of anyone. Hmm. The ship finally draws close enough for the crew to make out the name on the side of the hull, the Mary Celeste quickly, a boarding party is arranged and they climb aboard to find the sails partially uh, pulled up while some are damaged or just completely missing with some of the other rigging equipment also damaged or missing the Mary Celeste as was seemed to be quite popular on that time only had one lifeboat which was not enough to carry all of the people on board absolutely not so the lifeboat is missing as well as the ship's main compass um so i didn't know that ships kind of have them like sewn into part of the sail so it's been ripped out
1: gotcha and aside from
0: this and its cargo the boat is completely empty Occupants of the De Gratia note that there is no way that the single lifeboat was large enough to hold the entire crew and realise a call must have been given to abandon ship, which is a very serious thing in 1872, considering they really had no way to signal someone that they were in distress. Like, yeah. abandoning ship was very much a last...
1: Be all, end all. Be
0: all, end all. Yeah. Absolutely not to be called unless it's completely desperate. However, the ship wasn't sinking. There was a small amount of water on board, but small enough that an experienced crew like the one that was sailing the Mary Celeste could have easily bailed it out in a short amount of time. The ship had ample provisions, no signs of a fight or a fire, just an empty boat sailing through the ocean. The logbooks from the ship are reviewed with the final entry from 8am on the 25th of November, no mention of anything awry. One odd thing that was noted was the captain's quarters had been completely ransacked. Clothing and personal items are strewn around the room and the papers for the ship are missing as well as any of the navigational instruments that were aboard the ship. Aside from this, there's really no real clues as to what had happened. So the decision is made to split the crew of the Degracia and sail the Mary Celeste to their shared destination because... The captain of the De Gratia also notes that, again, another weird loophole in maritime law is if you found an abandoned cargo ship, if you took it to its destination, you got like half of what it was worth. So he's like, sweet, there's this boat with a shit ton of alcohol that we'll get half of the money for if we take it. So let's split up and take this boat. So midway through the trip, a incredibly thick, dark fog envelops the Mary Celeste and crew of the De Gratia note that the fog seems to weirdly be just kind of around the boat okay. and they fear that the ship has been lost again so they keep sailing sorry our cats are just They're going insane excited
1: now is zoomy time
0: so the De continues continue sailing. They're like, cool, really, not much we can do about this situation. Let's just hope for the best. They continue sailing. And then the following day after they've arrived at port, the Mary Celeste also arrives unscathed at port. Upon arrival, however, the crew on board are visibly shaken and refuse to talk about what had happened aboard the ship while it was consumed by the fog. And once back on land, all crew members who'd been on the Mary Celeste refused to step foot back onto it. Shit. So what happened? As this is the internet, there are many, 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 many theories, so let's talk about a few of them. So one of the most prevalent theories is, of course, pirates, Mm -hmm. specifically a group of them that frequented the oceans in those particular parts called the Riffians. So their attack technique was known to be quite silent and deadly, which would explain why perhaps the ship appeared to have been left in a somewhat orderly fashion. that would make sense. So it's likely the Riffians would have rowed up to the ship in the dark on calm seas and boarded the ship before anyone even knew what was happening. And would also potentially explain why the crew was never seen from again as the women and children would have been, you know, taken as slaves and many of the male sailors would have likely also been taken as slaves or simply just executed and dropped into the sea. Yep. Yet this theory doesn't quite add up, largely due to the fact that many valuables, including a very expensive uh, custom-made sword, were left on the ship and the pirates would have been very unlikely to have simply left these, considering the these... Uh, Group of people, the Riffians, were a notoriously impoverished group of people. So they were not interested in just hoarding wealth. They were kind of trying to survive. So it's really unlikely they would have left anything of value. Another interesting theory was allegedly the captain of the Mary Celeste was a devout Christian. Like devout Christian and so some people think that in a fit of violent religious sort of fervor he went around and murdered each of the crew members and all on board sort of one by one and this kind of becomes a popular theory back in the 1800s partially due to the fact that everyone already thinks this stupid boat is cursed so they're like oh the boat possessed the captain and in a religious fit so I mean that's Probably not what happened.
1: It's a good story, though. It's a
0: it's a great story. And the last of the rather unhinged theories is, of course, a giant squid, the Kraken. Everyone loves to think about the Kraken. Yeah. Particularly one type of giant squid that was called the Colossus squid, and it was known to grow fifty feet long, and it had uh, obviously tentacles with suckers, but these suckers, uh, the tentacles rather, also had small teeth and hooks. So some suspect that a giant sea creature who wasn't necessarily interested in the boat itself, which explains why it was only partially damaged, has kind of like wrapped itself around the ship and just like picked off sailors one by one. The rest of the crew that did survive have obviously tried to flee in the lifeboat or just abandoned ship off the side of the boat and ultimately drowned or also eaten. The likelihood of that... Happening, not, not super likely. Here is what most people suspect is the most likely theory of what has happened. There's kind of two arms of this. So I mentioned the fact that the ship was carrying enormous amounts of essentially pure alcohol. So many suspect that the captain at some point had feared that an explosion was imminent perhaps from the smell of fumes or perhaps there was a small fire on board that was not detected by those who kind of first explored the Mary Celeste and fearing that the boat was just going to completely explode has ordered an immediate evacuation. So a lot of people think that's happened and then the lifeboat that was taken was capsized by rough seas and those who were on the boat have drowned. um, Those who didn't know how to swim, obviously, and had to jump off the side of the boat, have drowned. And then those who had obviously swum far enough to be safe if the ship was going to explode have then, you know, been dragged off by a current and not been able to get back to the boat or simply just been too tired from treading water to actually get back to the boat and also drowned from exhaustion. Another prevalent theory about the alcohol on board, which I find very interesting, was a lot of people think that it was perhaps sort of like a half-drunk, half-hallucinogenic thing that happened from all this denatured alcohol on board, which caused those on board to have kind of like crazy, nightmarish hallucinations, which then made them think that they needed to completely abandon ship. Needless to say, this happened over 150 years ago. To this day, no one has a single fucking clue as to what actually happened to anyone aboard the Mary Celeste.
1: I like the the I like the ruffian theory mm. that makes even like in the eighteen hundreds it still makes sense. I also like the idea that maybe it was a ghost ship attacking them, and then well, the ship was haunted. But yeah. given the fact that it was surrounded by fucking fog.
0: There was also another um very very super specific theory that talked about that um because the ship had been recently sort of redone uh that the coal and like dust debris from remaking the ship had clogged the pumps that they used to bail out the ship if it took on water. Right. So with the pumps not working there would be no way for the captain to actually know how much water the ship was taking on so we may have kind of feared the worst and just thought let's cut our losses and everyone abandon ship um but that's kind of a theory again that doesn't really add up Um, they did find a partially disassembled pump on the boat um, which kind of adds up to that theory, but yeah, most people just kind of think it was a creepy a ghost ship,
1: which I kind of I, I dig that I like that story.
0: Yeah, well, the fact that um, it had already had such a kind of weird history weird to it. history. Yeah, yeah, but it's very interesting and just yeah, it's been. 130, 150 years later and just no one we'll has ever know. been able to figure out or has even really a solid mm. clue on why an entire ship full of people... Because a lot of people pointed out the fact that often on longer trips the captain would take his family. Um, so he really would not have ordered an abandoned ship with yeah. his like wife and children on board unless it was absolutely necessary. But no one can see anything that really warranted an abandoned ship order. Yeah. And then the lifeboat was never found. No bodies were ever found. It was just they literally just found the ship cruising through the Atlantic on its own. Creepy. Very creepy.
1: We'll probably never know until the day that quantum physics allows us to go go back back in time and...
0: It's going See to happen it. one day.
1: Hopefully in our lifetime. That'd be sick. I hope so. But That'd be very cool. Yeah.
0: So many answer, un- or unanswered it questions.
1: could be the end and the collapse of humanity as we know it. But either way, it's a...
0: Somewhere... I'm happy with somewhere in between.
1: Yeah. You know yeah. what? We're, we're sort of halfway there. Yeah.
0: Anyway. But that is the story, the unsolved spooky mystery of the Mary Celeste.
1: Great. All right. Well, we're going to take a little break, do our little poo-poos and pee-pees, and we'll come... Right on back. All right, welcome back.
0: Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Thomas up, up yes. to the slight the slate,
1: the, the slate, I think.
0: I don't understand baseball That's, terms.
1: Yeah, who knows. Um, anyway, this week I'm talking about a fairly recent case, um, as recent as October of this year. Um, a very just sort of bizarre and ongoing case as well. So there's no real... You know, definitive ending to this. It's still ongoing. About, are
0: you talking about what I think you're talking
1: about? I'm talking about Emily Falazzo.
0: No, you are not talking about what I think um, you're talking about. It is Continue. a similar
1: case of what you probably are probably thinking of because it was all happening around the same time. Mm. Um, however, it's a completely different case. So just to begin, Emily Falazo was born as Emily Schwartz on the 25th of July, 1999 in Plymouth, New Hampshire. She, growing up, she attended Concord High School and had a passion for cross country. Eventually, her parents split up, uh, though they are both still very much prevalent in their daughter's lives, and she now, or uh, soon after, lived with her mother Adriane and the stepfather David. Eventually, she earned her accreditation as a licensed nursing assistant and finished the program in 2019. By her friends and family, she was described as a happy and joyous person, and her desire to help people led her to embark onto a journey of uh, as a licensed nursing assistant before making steps towards her dream job as a cosmetologist. So, pretty high aspirations, and just someone who just genuinely wanted to help other people through mm. no, you know, gain. Um, it, it was her dream to just help people find their self confidence, as that was something that she struggled with herself and something that she could relate with other people with. So in early 2020, Emily would meet a man called Joseph Falazzo. Even though he was essentially twice her age, he and Emily soon grew, grew, grew close together and started dating each other. According to her, she was just completely infatuated with him and calling him the love of her life. Joseph worked as a licensed potato artist in a parlor in New Hampshire and also worked in Vermont. By the 12th of October of the same year they met, they both got married and Emily took on Joseph's last name. So, you know, very, very quick relationship, just sort of getting right into there. Yeah. Um, Due to the relatively short span of their getting together and their subsequent marriage, Emily's family didn't really see a lot of Joseph all that much, didn't really get to know him. And whenever the couple would make plans to actually hang out with the family, they would usually fall through on either side, um, making it even more harder for them to meet. Um, Though on the occasion that they did get to see Joseph, they noticed that something wasn't particularly right with him, if that makes sense. Just something was off. Her mother and her friends also came to notice that more so after a few months into their marriage, scratches and bruises became prevalent on Emily. Whenever she would be questioned about it, she would just typically shrug them off or change the subject entirely. So this brings us to very recently, as they were married in October last year, October of this year would have been their one-year anniversary. So the months leading up to their anniversary, they had been converting a Chevrolet Express bus into a camper van, which is something that a lot of couples do, and mm. um, very you know, big aspiration for, for a married couple. Uh, and in the days leading up um, to their anniversary, they decided to take their converted Chevrolet Express bus up into the hills of Vermont for a small getaway. So they left on the 15th of October from New Hampshire to an Airbnb in Bolton, Vermont. According to Joseph, the next morning, however, they had a pretty big argument. And this eventually led to Emily demanding that Joseph stop the camper van. Emily then got out of the van and began walking down Route 2 all by herself. Allegedly, Joseph then drove over to a convenience store to buy snacks or, according to him, just buy snacks, whatever. Cool, sure. No worries, bro. Then he returned to the area where he left her at and she was nowhere to be found. Weird, right? Mm. Very fucking weird. So, from this point onwards, despite friends and family attempting to contact her via social media, via a phone, anything, they were all unreachable or unresponsive. Mm. On Monday, the 18th of October, J- Joseph returns home to New Hampshire. So, keep in mind, um, they left on the 15th. He's now returning back on the 18th. He returns back to New Hampshire without Emily not long after Emily's parents grow worried at how unresponsive their daughter was and they soon learn not right away but soon after they learn from Joseph that they had an argument in Vermont and after hearing Joseph's story of how their daughter got out of the van and walked down route 2 a long highway Mm -hmm. uh, surrounded by forests alone just to disappear uh, they were were, just to say the least they were sceptical yeah They weren't buying his shit. So according to the parents, even after some slight changes they noticed um, in Emily's personality after marrying Joseph, this was entirely out of character for Emily to do something like this. They also noticed that Joseph had returned home, and this is just damning in itself. Mm. Uh, They noticed that Joseph returned home with an entirely new vehicle. Oh, huh, weird! Yeah, that's really. not at yeah all. no, not SUS at all. So, as mentioned before, they spent ages converting a bus into a camper van that they could take anywhere. Uh, and if you know anything about these things, uh, they they're portable. You take them wherever you go, and then you come back with them. Sometimes you just stay in them. Uh, so, not having it weird. weird. So, with the bus nowhere to be seen. Uh, Joseph had instead returned home with a Jeep Wrangler with no explanation as to why the evening they found out though, Emily's parents filed a missing persons report to the Vermont state police searches in the area had, um, where she had supposedly disappeared and soon began, though they suffered from a lack of awareness and volunteers due to the lack of media coverage. So as you know, you pointed out earlier, you might've been talking about the Gabby Petito case, um, this is all happening around the same time as that case, which, like this one, is still ongoing, so it was hard to find much media coverage on Emily's disappearance. Mm-hmm. It just sort of got, you know, overwhelmed by the um, Petita case. So soon after searches and what media coverage they did get, police soon announced that they are looking for Joseph Falazzo himself as a uh, 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 red flag. He has been uncontactable for some time. This only increased when they learned details from a friend of Falazo. So, police received a phone call from a man the night before claiming to be a friend of Joseph. This came straight after the friend had heard the harrowing confession and details of of Emily's disappearance by Joseph himself. Joseph had told him that he had killed Emily and left her body in the camper van along with the details of where the van was. Now, all credit to this person... Upon hearing this, immediately kicks Joseph out of the car and contacts police right away. Fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Exactly what you should do. With these details, police soon found the van on Motorbrook Lane in St. Albans town. And during this time, a police officer recognizes Joseph at a nearby convenience store the same afternoon that they actually found the van. So the police have no grounds to search the van or really arrest Joseph, though they're to their benefit, when they actually just asked him if he would voluntarily come back with him to the local barracks, he agrees. Uh, this could not have worked out better for them because they literally had no way to bring him in otherwise mm. and they need a warrant to search the van. So once he's there though, he completely confesses to murdering Emily and revealing that she was indeed not missing at all. Joseph had killed her early on Saturday, the 16th of October. After this confession, police were given a warrant to search the camper van and inside the bathroom of the camper van, they found eight garbage bags, Mm. one of which was opened, revealing a human leg with a severed foot.
0: Jesus.
1: The, uh, The other seven bags were not opened and upon further investigation, they found other human body parts all belonging to Emily. According to Joseph, he and Emily had argued early that Saturday morning. Emily lied down the bed in an attempt to cool off. Afterwards, Joseph grabbed his Glock handgun he had hidden in the vehicle and jumped on top of her, fired twice, point blank at her head. Now, just a side note. Anyone that tells me um, guns are necessary, uh, that's all the evidence I need to know that guns are never fucking necessary. After this, he experienced a panic attack and in an an attempt to to hide what he had done, he wraps a bag around her head before moving her body to the bathroom. Now, here's the the inevitable fucked up bit, okay? Joseph drives eight miles to Waterbury in Vermont. So, the same morning that he killed his wife, his wife mm-hmm. drives eight months, eight miles to Waterbury from in Vermont to have breakfast with his sister and her boyfriend, while Emily's body is still in the fucking van.
0: Jesus.
1: Yeah, that's some Edmund Kemper shit. Mm-hmm. He then drove the van to the plot of land where it was eventually found by police, and it was here, fifteen minutes, hours later, where he dismembered Emily's body using a handsaw, separating her feet, legs, arms, and head oh, from her torso. Fuck. He placed all the remains inside garbage bags and left them in the bathroom and this is where afterwards Joseph would return home along with his new vehicle. Police found both the handsaw and the handgun in the van along with the remains of Emily. After confessing, Joseph was jailed at Northwest State Correctional Facility in St. Albans Town. Now, virtually he was arraigned and charged after his confession, though he was acquitted of first-degree murder and... Just to fucking perfectly round this off, pleaded not guilty to the murder of Emily.
0: As you do, as you do, yep, confessing and
1: yeah, yeah, no, it's just it's not how it works. He is being held without bail at the same correctional facility until a evidentiary hearing is held. Supposedly, he was due back in court on November eighth, but I haven't. Seeing anything to do with that yet. There's really no coverage on anything recently. Right. Um, and adding yet more to this case against him in a entirely weird fucked up spin, investigators in Pennsylvania are looking into the 2009 murder of his stepmother, Young He Lim Falaza. She had been found stabbed to death in her own home on a Sunday night by her husband in October 2009. Now, the reason they're looking into this case as it is an open case it's still unsolved to this day right and given that Joseph just murdered his fucking wife yeah uh, Emily Falazzo yeah they're looking at him for this as Um, well
0: yeah that makes sense I would probably do that
1: yeah so um, as I said this case I I haven't been able to notice um, anything recent um, just from the the, just the general um, you know research I've I've been looking into it. Um, I'm sure there will be something coming up. I mean, due to the epidemic and everything, you know, cases are getting delayed constantly and Mm. hearings also just take a long time to fucking go through a process. So it could be a while before we actually see anything result in this. He could be held there for like a year, you know, you never know. Um, But yeah, that is the story of Emily Falazo and her unfortunate and just despicable murder at the hands of her husband who i believe was 41 at the time which is yeah this year 41 and emily was 22 that's
0: so sad so
1: nearly like nearly double her age and like i don't want to be like you know you know like love is love like don't i I don't want to like you know shit on anyone but like when it comes to age it's just kind of like you know there's a there's a line yeah there's a there's a definite line 22 is kind of like dude you're 40 like really
0: well yeah I think um, I always think it's a bit of a red flag when men can't find women their own age that want to date them
1: but like this like I mean I'm 25 my sister is not even 22 she's Mm. 21 and to me she's a fucking child. Whenever I meet her friends that are of the same age, I look at them and I think they are children.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I understand that, that to some despicable people, that is the reason why they seek out these individuals, which, I mean, I can definitely see him being, a disgusting human being, being attracted to that. But yeah, it's just, there's just there was just so many like red flags with him as a person. Yeah. That it's just like, I, I just it feel horrible because no one deserves that. No. Absolutely. Like, this shouldn't have happened. And people like that need to be looked at constantly with a fucking magnifying glass.
0: Yeah. I 100% agree.
1: Yeah. Look, just don't be a Gyllenhaal. Guys, learn. Learn from Taylor Swift. Mm. Don't date people that are Fuck you, Jake Gyllenhaal. ...way younger than you.
0: Yeah. It's well, just not I think cool. um, does that about wrap it up for the that does yeah show portion. That, sh- that wraps
1: up the show porch por- portion.
0: Good English,
1: thank you. Um, yeah, so if you're just here for the cases, then thank you very will, much for listening. We'll see you on Friday for Make our sure, yeah. You mini check episode. us out on
0: social media, and we would love it if you would share the episode, uh, leave us a review. Tam is opening his soda water at great times when I'm trying to speak. You're welcome. Uh, At least, you know, we don't heavily edit this show.
1: (laughs) This is as raw as it gets.
0: Yeah. Uh, But yeah, thank you for joining us and we'll catch you on Friday for our bonus episode. And we promise that things will be back to normal from next week. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It'll be a bit weird just leading up to it. But um, yeah, it's just just a weird, weird time. Um, We're still sort of getting into a routine coming out of lockdown. Um, and obviously with jury duty, it's kind of like, well, that kind of puts a bit of a spanner in the works for yeah. some things. But
0: Can I just quickly, I think Twitter has realized what's happened and they've fixed it. But because, I don't know why it's done this. So I was just looking at our Twitter account and all of the, on Twitter, all of like the, some of the trending topics will show up on a bar on the side. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the new Spider-Man No Way Home trailer has come out yep. with Doc Ock. But for some reason, people have been talking so much about Doc oc, but the way Twitter has abbreviated it, so people are going capital D-O-C, capital O-C-K. Yeah. For some reason, the trending thing on Twitter has got it spelt not capital D-O and then in capitals C-O-C-K. So it just looks like it says do cock. <laughs> wow. Don't know why. I'm going to take a picture of that so it never goes away. But yeah. I just clicked on the hashtag and it says, there are currently no tweets available for hashtag do cock.
1: Yeah, so Twitter's like, wow, we um, up we, we fucked up. We, fucked up. That's, we don't really uh, know what happened there, guys. Yeah, what's going on there?
0: Uh, yes, but uh, that gave me a little giggle.
1: I love when that happens to just large social media platforms. You're like, oh, you fucked up.
0: Yeah, really badly. What's happening Um, there? We didn't mean to tell you to do cock. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, we were talking about Doc Ock, the classic Spider-Man villain.
1: Yeah, there was um, I can't remember what it was. It's sort of related to Twitter, but not really. Um, It was either like Nintendo or Wendy's or something like that. Their official like profile on Twitter Mm. had like um, it was like a. I think it was Nintendo and it was like Mario Takeover where like Mario is making the tweets or something like that. Right. And then like this really weird tweet came out. It was either like a really aggressive or just like hacked in or something like that. And, and then like, oh no, yeah. I think it was it was something like that or Waluigi or something. And they, they post this weird status and then they followed up with, whoa, Mario got a little bit ahead of hand there. Well, do it's you? Like, whoa, Jesus Christ. Do you
0: remember when Susan Boyle's album first came out? So, you know that she was the older woman who who went on like, yeah. 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 So, when she had her first album out, they tried to get the hashtag (laughs) Susan Album Party trending. Oh. But when you put that all together, it just looks like it says Sus Anal Bum Party. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, I do remember that.
0: (laughs) And it was like, did no one... Did no one like uh, cast a second eye over that and be like, maybe the message we want to be putting hey, forward is not yeah, a sus anal bum sure. party?
1: But I mean, maybe that is the message you're trying to. I maybe don't it was trending, shame. Maybe it was trending I for a different reason. I do not King reason.
0: shame. If you want to have a sus anal bum, bum party, sounds that fun. Is your prerogative. Yeah,
1: maybe the next birthday I'll have. I one don't of
0: those. want to see it trending on Twitter though.
1: Okay, that's fine. It's a Easter run. I don't. I don't mind it. I don't shame Twitter for putting that out there. It's a yeah, body. there's um, there's a there's a Twitter handle that's Wendy's, but it's like they mix their like regular tweets with like nihilistic things, mm-hmm. so to be like, um, plastic will consume the world by 2050. We'll have no fish left in the sea. Try out Wendy's new wicked wings, like. <laughs> Whoa. It's really good. I My new
0: it. favorite thing is Duolingo on TikTok. Their oh, TikTok dude, is yeah. amazing. Insane. Whoever yeah. is running the Duolingo TikTok deserves yeah. a raise. They're, um, it's phenomenal. They
1: they're they're doing it right. They they're doing social marketing perfectly. So right. Yeah.
0: So right. And it's so funny because now all of the other brands are trying to kind of like <laughs> yeah. copy them. It's yeah. very interesting. I've seen
1: a lot of like, you know, like there's like that guy who does the paper cutout and he does like the um, it's like a latte and he's pouring the coffee oh, yeah. the chocolate onto the thing and, he, and he's doing it for all the different companies logos yeah and like I think I can't I think it might have been like Duolingo or something like that it was like the first to request it and then all the companies are like can you do ours next can you do mm. ours next like dude you're slow to the game come on keep up
0: I was actually listening to a podcast episode this morning from one of my favorite shows which is uh, You're Wrong About mm-hmm. um, so basically they kind of take a uh, Topic, whether it's just they have a general discussion about it, or they actually go into the history of different topics that have been incorrectly told throughout history. Cool. So I stumbled across them way back when we first started this podcast, and I covered um, Kitty Genovese. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, Which is a very popular. If you haven't listened to the episode, essentially the story was that a woman was brutally murdered in a very busy apartment complex where like 25 people heard her crying and screaming and did nothing about it. It was a case from like the 1800s or the early 1900s from New York that was taught in psychology classes as basically like the bystander effect that it's very easy for us to compartmentalise and cast stuff aside and then it was like 50 years later it was like, well, actually that's not what happened at all. And all of these books have been teaching it wrong. And that's actually not what happened. Oh, really? Yeah, essentially. Um, so I, that's how I first stumbled across them. But I was listening to a really interesting... Uh, sorry, just going back to what we we're saying about social media. Yeah, yep. I was listening to their episode that they did about cancel culture. Yeah. Um, and they were talking about... One of the hosts was saying that it took about 150 years for the printing press when it was first invented to fully uh, be integrate, integrated into people's lives as a kind of seamless thing. Like it took humans around 150 years to fully get used to the printing press. Okay. And social media has become such an enormous thing in our in our in all of our lives in such a short space of time it's basically like we're currently living through a social experiment of seeing how we've adjusted to social media in 150 years time. Yeah. So it was just very interesting. Like we're not, you know, things like cancel culture aren't, don't get handled well because we just don't know how to handle it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have mixed opinions on, on cancel culture. Um, I think, I was actually talking to a friend about this a few nights ago and we were saying, like, for a lot of women especially... Yeah. Because let's be real, like, a lot of the time it is women or maybe people from other marginalised communities that are kind of the at the forefront of, quote, cancelling people. Yeah. A lot of the time it's because for especially women, I think, because the justice system... Does them so dirty when it comes to things like sexual assault. So it's like, it's like vigilante justice. Well, the cops didn't do anything, so maybe I can ruin his career yeah. or have some sort of justice for myself that the actual system that's set in place that's supposed to protect me is doing nothing about. Yeah. Um. But they were. It was a really interesting discussion they had that a lot of the time, the way cancel quote cancel culture is uh used as a weapon is very disproportionate to like the actual crime. So obviously yeah. a lot of the time, particularly if you're talking about like many music who've assaulted women, like obviously that's kind of like the punishment fits the crime, but then you have these people being cancelled for like stupid shit. They said back in two thousand and ten, and it's kind of like, well, yeah, yes, they should, they shouldn't have said that, and yes, they should apologise, <coughs> and no, it doesn't make it okay. But like, do we think maybe we're taking the punishment f- yeah. for this thing a little bit too yeah. far?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, perfect example: Kevin Hart was going to host the Golden Globes, and then like that yeah. was literally his dream was to be the second black man in all of existence to host, host, the, host the, Golden the Golden Globes. Globes. And was it the Golden
0: Globes or the Oscars?
1: I think it was the Golden Globes.
0: Wasn't it the Oscars?
1: I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, that's, um,
0: that's irrelevant. Uh,
1: and, you know, it was taken away from him because he had some jokes that he made in, like, 20 fucking 12 and mm. some tweets and it was sort of like... I don't know, like, for like for like the for the first, like, point, like, he's a comedian like that's yeah whatever he says take it with a grain of salt because it's a fucking thing that is used well it's said
0: within the framework of a joke exactly whether or not you find that joke funny whether or not you agree with it you also have to take into account that it's it's within the frame yeah
1: but what I mean is like it's this is coming from a comedian like he's Mm. I don't know like when when Jim Jeffries comes on stage and says like something about women i don't think he's like anti-women or like hates women i think he's just trying to get a rise out of like people that are there watching the show and like that's literally the point Mm. of like comedy or comedians like it's just and like when you have this different era of like where the world was at don't forget this is also a man who is a minority in Early twenty twelve, whatever, saying Kevin Hart, not so Jim, the, Jeffries. Not Jim yeah. Jeffries. Kevin Hart, sorry, um, saying these things, and then people find that and they go back and they go, "Fuck you for saying that." Mm. And do you ever notice how it's like specifically targeted at like men of color, rather than it would be of someone like Jim Jeffries or Joe Rogan or anyone else yeah, of that stature? Yeah, it does feel like some double Think about standards. Most recently, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. And and all this crazy like cancel their career fuck them seems to directly be and most predominantly in men of color. I yeah. never see campaigns against fucking Joe Rogan for anything that he says or really just any white comedian. Yeah. It's always the Kevin Hart's, the Dave Chappelle's. Mm. when like um everything was happening with um uh, Bill Cosby um, there was a story that came out afterwards because a, a reporter misinterpreted what Morgan Freeman was saying and took it as like a sexually suggestive thing even though it was like when you watch the video you're like he's not talking yeah. about that at all. There were like articles and just people bombing Morgan Freeman for like
0: Who just seems like the sweetest man on yeah, earth. Yeah
1: and they're like you're How like, dare it, you. How can you not look at that and go that's Racially motivated, yeah. Or even just take RuPaul's Drag Race with Jeffrey Boyer Chapman and like his experience that he's most recently come out with talking about his experience and just yeah. being like, where are the black people or the people of color yeah. in this production run by a black drag queen?
0: Yeah. And again, it's disproportionate. The 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 punishment yeah. is so disproportionate to the. I'm using air quotes, which you can't see because this is an audio. But disproportionate to the crime. Obviously, if you're talking about a Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby, that's not what, what we're talking about. Yeah, and that's not yeah. what the hosts of the show were talking about. By the way, uh, You're Wrong About is the show name and the episode title was Cancel Culture. It's a, It was a really good episode. I'm about three-quarters of the way through it. Um, and they talked about this woman. One of the examples they used about you know, the punishment being disproportionate to the crime was one of the very first examples of a non-public figure, so just an every a, average, everyday Joe Blow who said a dumb thing online and lost her job over it, got yeah. doxxed in the media, was getting death threats. Um, I think her name was uh, Jacqueline Stucco or Jackie Stucco, and she was an American citizen flying to South Africa, and she, like I said, Average person was not famous, not a public figure. She just had a Twitter account and posted this um, stupid tweet saying, like, I'm flying to South Africa. Wish me luck. Like, hope I don't get AIDS. Joke, I'm white. Yeah, yeah. And then she switched her phone off, got on a 12-hour flight to South Africa, and by the time she got off the flight and turned her phone back on, she had received, like... Hundreds and thousands, and had been cancelled, and she ended up getting fired from her job. She ended up someone figured out what flight she was on and made sure they were at the airport to film the exact moment that she opened Jesus. her turned her phone back on and realized what had happened like and again, it's like obviously that's not a good thing to say, yeah. but it's also obviously said within the framework of something that's so ridiculous. it's obviously a joke. Is it offensive? Is it not a smart thing to say? Is it something that you should have kept to yourself? A hundred percent. Is it something that your life deserves to be destroyed by?
1: Yeah. Well, I personally like live off the idea that like, you know, that happens. um, They realize like, oh, fuck, that was a terrible thing to do. And then they know for like the rest of their lives what And you how, grow from it. But they learn like, okay, that was insensitive of me to do. I should not do that from ever again. Yeah. And then guess what? That person then goes throughout their lives going, you know what? That was fucked up of me doing. Yeah. I'm going to better educate myself and educate people around me mm. in doing so. But like this idea that like you will never grow out of it when it's something like as minuscule as that. Whereas fucking uh Bill Cosby is out of prison doing fucking shows. Mm. And like, Wait, what? Yeah, he he's like planning on doing shows.
0: Are you serious? Yeah,
1: legit. He did he did a uh he did a I th- believe he did a show in a park.
0: What the fuck?
1: Um and it's just like everyone's just forgotten. Like it's just like you realize this person fucking raped people. Like
0: multiple people. Multiple
1: people. And you've just sort of forgotten about it. But oh this one person can never turn back their lives because they said one insensitive thing on Twitter. Thing, yeah. Like it's so, it's exactly, it's a disproportionate thing. Mm. Like I can't tell you how many um, times there's been like minuscule things that have come up where people have tried to like cancel Jim Jeffries or whatever. And I see like TikToks or whatever where people are like, Jim Jeffries is a right-wing anarchist and like hates this. And like he has a, a whole fucking joke or a whole thing about, like, being anti-guns. Yeah. He's not right-wing. He's not right-wing. But, like or not because, in
0: all, not the staunch no. way, anyway.
1: Not really in any way of the... Yeah, well, the, I mean, we coin. don't
0: know him personally, so, like, he could... Well, he be, has but, an
1: entire show where he yeah. basically belittles people that are yeah, extremely true. right-wing, so I, I doubt he's right-wing. But anyway, like, the, the point is, like, whenever something comes up, with him, Dave Chappelle, whatever... It's always like, fuck you, you did this thing back then. You're a terrible piece of shit. Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, have what happens to them and then people just forget.
0: Yeah. There was another in this same – sorry, I keep hopping back to this episode but it was just that good. Um, They had a quote from a woman that I think they'd previously interviewed on the show and now I can't remember her name but she'd been someone who had – been raped previously, and then also had said something stupid and got quote cancelled for it, uh, and she right. like on two separate things. Yeah. But she had said like hands down the psychological damage from being quote cancelled a thousand times worse than that of being raped, which is fucked up. Yeah, that's like brutal because at the end of the day, cancel culture doesn't work. Like you said. No. Bill Cosby is working again. Chris Brown is receiving uh, public support from yeah. enormous artists like Lizzo. Lizzo yeah. The cancel culture doesn't it work. It doesn't do anything. It like sure they'll disappear from the spotlight, give a fake apology if they don't mean it. Like I'm sure there's a lot of people who give genuine yeah. apologies, but for the most part, I yeah. think when people do repetitive shitty behavior, it's you know it's a framework for your behavior, not a mistake. Yeah. They'll give some fake apology, disappear off the map long enough for people to forget about it and then come back and have a career. So at the end of the day, cancel culture doesn't work. I and Logan I think Paul. we need to like reassess yeah. how... Because it's so easy to sit behind a computer screen and forget that the person on the other end, whether they're famous, whether it's the social media manager of a huge company, it's yeah. a person.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's... it. it, it there's um actually uh this fairly recent case of um
0: Eddie. No, no no. Oh.
1: There's, there's um a, a, in America there's this uh, youtuber or like this social media icon, EDP four four five, I believe was his name. Um basically just like had videos where he like rant on about various things and uh it came out that he was um he just made some very weird videos and it was suggested that he was sort of interested in seeing people that were underage yeah. and there's a completely separate youtuber that makes their like entire thing like calling out other youtubers and like um uh finding questionable youtubers and like interrogating them on the streets mm. so basically there was this whole like essential th- 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 people knew about this edp guy and how he was Interested in underage women and seeking them out. Um, and they actually used, um, this fake profile to sort of like gauge reaction out of him. Uh, it was like of a 15 year old girl or something like that. And mm-hmm. like EDP had had like been messaging and saying, like, I want to do these sexual things to you, etc., etc., etc. And then these YouTubers confronted him and questioned him. And he, he fully admitted to like everything on like the fucking video. Mm. And, um, it was just so haphazardly done and poorly constructed so badly that a case that would have been made against this person couldn't be made because they fucked it up that badly. Yeah. So, like, it's better left you finding this out. Even, like, I mean, I would advise not doing it, but, like, from the get-go, just tell the police. But doing, like, the fake profile thing of the 15-year-old and, like, him actually saying sexually suggestive things... Take that to the police. Don't mm. confront him because you think it's going to get you fucking views. Yeah. You just completely fucked up an entire case against this person who potentially now who is free and doing their own thing, doing videos again, mm. could go out there and, and in a sense, sexually assault a minor. Yeah. You have just completely fucked that up for the police. And yeah. we're going to have to wait until it actually happens for anything to come of it now.
0: At the end of the day... I don't. I don't disagree with the concept of cancel culture when it comes to people displaying repetitive shitty behaviors. Yeah. I don't believe in can, in quote canceling people for stupid things they say. Yeah. Again, I really f- I agreed with what the hosts of You're Wrong About said. I really yeah. think, for the most part. People getting doxxed and death threats and abused online. It's, just disgusting. it's so disproportionate yeah. to one stupid comment. It doesn't make their comment all right. It doesn't mean they shouldn't have someone be like, hey, that's maybe rethink that thing. Yeah. It but was, I just, was, at the sorry, end of the day, go. I don't think it, it doesn't work. Yeah. Do you want to know a wild fact that I also learned today? Sure. So on YouTube, you think a million subscribers is a lot, right? Mm-hmm. There are over 22,000 YouTube creators with over a million subscribers.
1: Yeah, that seems about Wild. right. It's a lot of people, yeah. There's a lot of people that are using the internet.
0: If someone had told me, oh, there's 22,000 people with over 100,000 subscribers, I'd be like, yeah, I believe that. When yeah. they were like, over a million people, 22,000 people with over a million subscribers. Yeah. That's it's kind of crazy
1: because a million isn't that much anymore.
0: No, and that's. It's bizarre. That's the other thing that um, made me think about We're suddenly having all of these, with the rise of TikTok, all of these people being suddenly thrust into the spotlight of being a public figure yeah. with zero idea of how to cope with that.
1: Yeah. Um, Wild. Yeah, so, like, there's just, like, levels to it, really, that, like, in theory, like, being an activist and saying, like, because the system failed... You know, it's up to us to sort of say, fuck you, I don't want to see you do your thing and suffer no reper- repercussions for it. And there's like cases like, think back in the day with um, Sticky Fingers where like Dylan Frost was out drunk and kind of abusive and was a complete horrible person to Thelma Plum. Mm. And then Thelma Plum later on encouraged people to send messages to the bass player Sticky Fingers' mum sending death threats to her. Yes, it's just yeah, like I think that's too far. There's like it's just hey, yeah. don't fucking do that. Yeah. Even if there's like one person is being a disgusting person to you, it doesn't excuse you being mm. disgusting back. Just be, and like people were excusing it like, yeah, but they're fucking they're dickheads, they're drunk, so they sexually assault women. It's like, well fucking like this doesn't
0: Yeah, two wrongs mean don't it. make a right. But
1: also like you're you're taking like this one incident of like Dylan Frost being drunk and abusive and disgusting and then labeling the entire band as sexual yeah. when there's, like, no evidence against that at all. And then also fuck the bass player's mum because they deserve to die.
0: Like, yeah. just
1: chill the fuck out. Honestly.
0: Yeah, I think dragging people's family members into stuff it's is too It's too fucking
1: much. far. Regardless of, like, like, let two people who have this involves deal it out. Yeah. Because, like, at the end of the day, there's not going to be a thing where one gets arrested and one, like, suffers, doesn't suffer repercussions for it. 100% the people in the wrong are going to suffer repercussions for something like that. Like, Dylan Frost went to a fucking mental asylum and, went and had to go to rehab to get sober. Mm. There, was, there was a repercussion to it. It happened. And, like, now, like, we, we are here. Yeah. Like, he, there's the whole idea of, like, cancel culture or just canceling someone when it's, like, Harvey Weinstein, and if, like, nothing ever happened to Harvey Weinstein. If, like, imagine all the stuff comes out and he's still just like doing his
0: thing. Mm. Nothing the, changes. But also, at the end of the day, what <clears> happened <throat> with Harvey Weinstein and the Me Too movement wasn't what we now know as cancel culture. Like, that was a movement of many, many women coming forward and being like, here's my story. Let's do something yeah. serious about it. It wasn't like they were just sitting behind their keyboards no, and no, no, tweeting no. at him.
1: That's not what I mean. I mean, what would happen if like nothing happened? from that Me Too movement. Yeah. And then people online were like, well, fuck you. I don't want to see you work anymore because you've done this disgusting thing. It's come out and people still want to work with you. Mm. So like if you as a individual who doesn't hold much power, who isn't part of the law, band up with other individuals and say, fuck you, you shouldn't work in Hollywood with other people or these people that are letting you work around them shouldn't let that happen. Mm. That makes sense. 100% that makes sense. Yeah. But like when it comes to an individual who like has done something not along along the lines of like Harvey Weinstein doing something, Mm. and they do suffer repercussions for it, like just let that let it do its thing, yeah, let that happen.
0: But yeah, it will be interesting to see. You know, going back to my printing press comment, it will be very interesting to see where we are at as human beings with the internet and social media in another hundred years.
1: Yeah. It's
0: wild. Cause I mean, what it's been really social media now feels like an enormous part of our lives, but it's been not even 10 years of being really at the forefront of everything. we Yeah. Do.
1: I mean, like even just thinking about when we were using over we like 16 and how different it was back then, like back then it was literally a way to connect with people that you know in real life or like make a pen pal, mm. you know, someone that you you just sort of know online. And that'd be like a really rare occurrence, you know, like maybe five people like that. And then you would post a profile picture of you. That would just be a, a fucking gross DSLR flash photo that you don't give a shit about. And now it's like social media is literally like the, the new, like, headshot. You know, it's just it's who this is who I am. This is my Instagram profile. Yeah. I am a graphic designer from Sydney and here's my like professional photography cata- catalogue of my headshots and yeah. my stuff. It's just like it's a completely different ball game now. It's not even like connecting with other people. It's just ways of expressing who you are mm. or consuming things that other people make. It's a completely different ball game. Yeah. You know, like YouTube, I think, really changed that. YouTube was always a way of people expressing themselves and putting up videos and contents And then it became like consumer secondary. Mm. And then like over the years, it became consumer mandatory and primary. People yeah. having passion and putting something out secondary. It's literally just become like, well, this is this works. Let's let's do this. Yeah. The amount of like binging with Babish copies I see, which I'm not like gonna shit on you. Like you do you, that's perfectly fine. Mm. But it's crazy to see like how many people just do the binging with Babish thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the voiceover with the cooking and whatever. But like again, it, it, that's it's not like to shit on you doing that. It's like it's just a weird thing to see that this is the sign of the times. Well, yeah, they're very niche
0: trends that kind of stem off. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's
1: more so just like like what I said, consumer first person, Mm. you know, doing something secondary. Back in the day, like, you know, YouTubers were doing something completely unique. And that was, again, a sign of the times because there was nothing else like that.
0: But it's kind of exciting to think what's the next
1: yeah i mean TikTok. Well, tiktok was like that as well tiktok yeah. when it first came out I remember like there was a handful of creators that were doing weird shit and like yeah
0: and now we're still kind of in that yeah space, we're still we're still finding it's very new kind of i don't know it's kind of exciting to be like what's the next what's the next thing
1: yeah there was um there's a producer in sydney i believe their tag is blessed tunes mm. and during lockdown they were doing like uh lockdown sessions thing, like every single day posting like videos of like their beats yeah. i making. And now they're like verified and
0: That's you know, cool. a, like
1: a creator on TikTok. And it's it's cool to see like this is the new sort of YouTube thing. It's like people shooting the shot, trying to make something happen. and it, And as a platform, it's the perfect platform to allow that to happen. Yeah. Because literally anyone, if you dedicate enough time to it and post consistently... And just make shit happen. Hmm. You have a real chance of becoming a creator on TikTok yeah. that can evolve into other things. It's Crazy. a it's a really interesting time to be a creative person. Hmm. I mean, there's a fucking entire profile where a guy picks up his dog and it falls down, and they go, "Well, it's a bones day."
0: It's a no bones day if you. Falls a no down. bones day. It's a bones day if he stands up. Stands
1: up, yeah, exactly. But like just think about that. There's a there's a there's a that that's incredible. The that most someone, random yeah, things. But someone yeah. like if that person can make that a thing, you can do yeah. your thing for sure. Yeah. Like I, I've never seen a more amalgamation of like random shit as TikTok is. Yeah. It is so despicably random and all over the place. All right. Well, shall we wrap it up here because I think so. Yeah. We
0: just talked a lot, and that's fine. Yeah. You know? No, I'm not saying it's not fine. I'm just saying my brain always gets to the point where it's like yeah, well, it's slowly like begins down. imploding on itself uh-uh. when I think too much.
1: Yeah. Um, where can the people find us, Laura?
0: The people. The people can find us at uh, the. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. The fuck was that? The uh, BSC podcast on all things social media. You can also now find us, as I mentioned before, on YouTube. Yes. So if you are wanting to check us out on YouTube, all our videos are now automatically uploaded. So they should be pretty much up at the same time that it's up on all streaming services. And we would love it if you would subscribe. Mm Mm-hmm smash that like yes. button. I don't know what all the YouTubers say. Yes. Hit that subscribe button. Smash, smash the like button. Hit the bell.
1: You have the option of having the notification sometimes. You the being notified
0: only sometimes or for all of our videos.
1: Um, also, we have a Google Doc that is linked in our link tree. Yes, um, which so you can you, suggest. You can suggest content that you guys want us to cover on the show. Um, Big or small, it's fine because we have the smaller episode. We can cover cases that don't have as much of a story to them or there isn't much details surrounding them. Mm -hmm. Um, So, if there is something that you would like to see us dive into, maybe you want to find more details out about it by listening to the show, hell yeah, like suggest it, go for it. We love that.
0: We love to see it. Um, We love to see it. You have
1: your own little personal, you know, Mm -hmm. assistance in the show and it really helps us out because as You know, we've mentioned many times we work full time and this is like, you know, our side hustle that we want to try and transform to something a bit more, um, you know, predominant.
0: Yeah, we'd love Um, to be able to do this full time. So So any
1: little things like this really helps, Um, you know, sharing
0: the show, reviewing for sure, leaving us reviews, uh, following us on Spotify, subscribing on Apple, liking us on Facebook, all of that jazz. Hell yeah. It all kind of adds up.
1: Tell your mum. tell your nan.
0: You know, if 50 of you show it to one person each, that's another 50 people. You know, that's math. Yeah. That's how math works. And yeah. then suddenly there's 100 people. And then it's those 100 people. And then it snowballs. And then the next thing you know, I don't know what happens after that. Yeah. We We're rich can and we quit our jobs. We, that we, would be great.
1: We start. We change as people.
0: Yeah, and then you all stop listening to yeah, the show because we've changed. Unrelatable, yeah. <laughs> we've we become sellouts now. And I
1: can't wait for that data to, to hit where we just get so rich that we're Imagine getting
0: upset that your favorite creator gets successful.
1: I will, because sometimes it's just like people Sometimes they do genuinely change. Genuinely change, change yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. But, you know, uh, we will we'll try not to, but who knows? Money might change us. <laughs>
0: Maybe we'll go straight to our heads. Yeah,
1: get us rich to see what happens. Yeah, let's social experiment. Yeah, yeah, come on. We'll give our PayPal out. You guys can transfer us your life savings and we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, and we'll spend it really well.
1: Yeah, thanks guys.
0: Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to check out On The Rocks on Friday and aside from that, we will catch you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.